Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mitchell, I have a request. Oh, yeah? I'm going to need you to keep my wife's name out your fucking <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Did you hear he resigned from the Academy today? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, wow. he resigned, which I'm kind of surprised by. I mean, you know, I feel like everybody and their fucking mother has a take on who is in the right in the situation. But I'm, I don't know. I, I feel kind of surprised that he resigned from the Academy. He's a grown man. Yeah, see, see, that was kind of my take from the beginning. Actually, you know what? No, I, I don't need to add my take. There's too many <laughs> takes already in the universe. I yeah. like Daniel Radcliffe's. He came out today and he said like, oh, this is my... boring now. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. literally, he said like, my take is that I don't have one and I'm tired of hearing other people's. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a good one to have. But other than that, uh, what did you think about the Oscars? Did you watch it live? I did watch it live, and then luckily I watched it with like a group of people on Discord, a bunch of friends, and so oh, hell yeah, yeah, that was just really funny, just cracking jokes the whole time. Um, mm. Yeah, because yeah. they're just they're always so fucking awkward. <laughs> yeah. Oh my <laughs> like god, the jokes they, feel, they made. Yeah, they feel so silly and awkward, and I don't know. This one just felt fucking like disrespectful, honestly, <laughs> like all around. If they just like cut a lot of the skits. They could have awarded all the other categories. Yeah, no, they, yeah, this actually, this Oscars was longer than usual, despite them cutting <laughs> all those <laughs> awards to make it a shorter show. Well, so. because people got pissed and then they had to put them in the show, even though they were already announced who won. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, I saw on Twitter, like, oh, like, Dune wins best editing. And mind you, not Joe Walker wins best editor for Dune. But the movie Dune wins, wins best, best editing, editing as if the movie just fucking edited itself. Um, yeah, the movie was so good, so easy to film, practically filmed itself. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was like an Oscars for like people who don't know how movies get made. It's just like, oh yeah, you know, you you shoot everything in chronological order, 
and then put all the <laughs> files together and hit export, right? Oh my god, could you imagine if somebody filmed a movie without like I don't know, they filmed like everything in order like I don't even know, like they return to sets and then record the other scenes and then leave and then go other places. <laughs> So, like, when they jump from one location to another in the movie, it's actually yep. them, like, going back and forth from set to set. <laughs> and there's tons of continuity errors. <laughs> yeah, right. They're, like, outside one scene, and then they get to the reverse shot, and it's, like, raining all of a sudden. <laughs> so not even for, like, artistic reasons, but just... Oh, my like, God. Oh, Artistically, that would be kind of interesting. It would be interesting to, like, shoot a movie without, like, trying to edit it. Be like, all right, we get one take for every single shot, and oh, we're shooting gosh. in chronological order. Wow. Yeah, and the boom would be in it a few times. Yeah, the, bo- <laughs> <laughs> the boom would be in it, and there'd be takes of, of actors being like, I can't believe you've... Uh, hold on, I fucked up the line. Uh, line? Line? Where's my coffee? <laughs> Shit, man. Man, but you know what? You definitely couldn't film in chronological order. Aniara. <laughs> Aniara. We looked up the pronunciation shortly Aniara. beforehand. Aniara. Uh, that is one of the movies we're talking about today. Uh, hello, everybody. Hey there. What's I'm... up, my little foxes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's totally what we're calling people. <laughs> little foxes. I I've think we never... should call them fox files. Fox file. <laughs> Foxophiles. Foxophiles. Our foxy little foxy little friends. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the Fox Den Film Club, as you probably surmise from that. Um, I'm Jake. I am Mitch. Welcome to episode seven. Is it episode Yeah, Film it's episode seven. God damn. Yeah. Almost two us, months man. two months in of episodes. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, yeah, so today we're gonna be talking about a fun topic. Uh, that I got the idea for, which is show me a movie's um, evil younger sibling, emo younger sibling, fucked up younger sibling, mm-hmm. that kind of genre. You know what I mean? How do you think we did? Do you think? I think. It was fitting? I, I mean, I I definitely, I definitely think you did a really good job on your pick. Um, I feel like I think you, you did too. Thanks, man. I feel like you can probably more accurately judge how i did but Mm -hmm. yours was definitely really good and um we'll get that we'll get to that one after we talk about my pick for him which was to show you aniara which i feel like is the fucked up emo younger sibling (laughs) of the martian starring matt damon yeah i think it i think it really definitely is the fucked up version i actually hadn't seen the martian beforehand so i had to do a little extra lift in here and so i watched the martian yesterday Oh, so, okay, so you did watch it? Yep, I hadn't seen Fuck it before yeah, this. So I saw The Martian and Aniara recently, so they're both fresh in my mind. Hell yeah. Okay, yeah. so then before we get to Aniara, what did you think of The Martian? I thought it was really good, and I ended up looking it up after if it was nominated for anything that year. I was sad to see that Matt Damon lost to uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. So I was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, it was fuck- yeah, it was that year, wasn't it? Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, he stood no chance. Like, The Revenant was basically, like, Leo's Oscar vehicle. Not to say that it's not a good movie, because it's fucking fantastic. But, yeah, yeah, nobody's beaten Leo in a year like that, especially when he doesn't have an Oscar yet. Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, I thought The I thought the Martian was a little slow, and I definitely mm-hmm. liked Aniara more. 
But uh, like the space, if it was just all space scenes and like if it was just Matt Damon just growing plants out of his shit, I would have <laughs> watched the whole thing. Like I would have loved it so much. Oh, you you would have. Like yeah, what it comes down to is the Earth scenes are just way too. I don't know. They're just not as interesting as everything happening on Mars. Like with, yeah. I just want to follow Matt Damon around. Yeah, yeah. See, this I almost kind of had the opposite experience. Um, I think like the premise of like, you know. I mean, okay, so to preface, I'm, like, really into space. Like, mm-hmm. I fucking love space-related anything. And obviously, I'm not, like, a right brain person. I have a Bachelor of Arts. Um, <laughs> I failed pre-calc. Uh, so I'm not, like, a, a left brain person. But I really have, like, a passing enjoyment of space. Um, and I didn't uh, – or I really did, like – the concept of like, okay, we're NASA, we've got a man on Mars, but now he's stuck there. Like, what yeah. do we fucking do? How do we get him off? Yeah, like, I think that's such a fucking exciting premise, but I feel like Matt Damon's scenes on Mars didn't really hold up their end of the bargain. Like, I feel like his character is very, very static throughout the whole thing. Mm, like, yeah, he like just a jokey. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of like that brand of like jokey, jovial, like always you know having something always having a funny remark to say like yeah. oh whatever <laughs> always you know? sarcastic yeah it's like nah man i kind of wanted to watch something i mean i hate to use the word realistic but i kind of wanted to see him you know go a little bit fucking crazy and you know kind of back go back and forth about whether he's happier there whether he actually wants to go back you know just mm-hmm. like i feel like the realities of actually being trapped alone by yourself let alone on Mars is just, I don't know. I feel like you can do so much with that. And there's yeah. so many movies that have done so much more with that. Um, like Aniara. Like Aniara, but also yeah. like, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a movie from either 2018 or 2019 called High Life. Um, mm, no, I direct- haven't seen that. Yeah, it was directed by Claire Denis, uh, has Robert Pattinson in it. Has Claire's Nina. knee? Claire Denis. Claire's Knee by Eric Romer. <laughs> That's in your uh, big Criterion collection shipment on the way, right? I'm so excited to watch that. I've been wanting to watch that movie for so long. I know. But it's been in my list for so fucking long, man. Continue, though. Just had to yeah. make the joke with that person's name. <laughs> Claire Denis. Um, yeah. And so, actually, another movie that does it really well is a movie that... Okay, so it's called Moon, and it's from 2009, right? Okay. Um stars Sam Rockwell, who most recently I've seen in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And I kind of realized, like, oh, shit. Like, this was definitely the better pick for the prompt of a film's fucked up younger sibling for The Martian. Like, it's literally just The Martian, but what if it was, like, R-rated and actually kind of fucked up and took place on the moon instead of Mars because it's like so much more similar. Dude, I don't know. So well, first, I guess I, I honestly, I really like your pick. I have a lot of notes about Aniara. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, no, that's, that's fit. not just before you get into that. That's not to say that I'm like upset that I recommended you Aniara. Cause even though moon was probably a better fit for the prompt, Aniara is definitely the better movie. And I fucking love <laughs> that movie. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, while the martian was more like i don't know it was definitely definitely like funnier and had like mm-hmm. a lighter tone to it definitely uh, aniara deals more with like the mental side i feel like oh a 100 yeah, yeah and like 
Matt Damon definitely would go insane if he was on Mars for that oh, long. Oh yeah, no, he wouldn't be, you know, the character of Matt Damon the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. He would have a bad day a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, so Aniara, um, enough about The Martian. What the fuck did you think about it, man? Yeah, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, there were. I guess my only complaint is just, well, I guess it kind of does it on purpose. It just like slowly gets really fast. So it's like time's moving very quickly in it. I would have liked to see some things like I don't want to spoil anything, but when she's like in trouble and stuff like that, I want to see things like what is actually happening in those moments. But it's just like, oh, we're moving forward in time like this many years. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely got a very unique pacing. Actually, I don't yeah. even know what I want to say pacing, but just the way it kind of like it's scale of time it definitely you know is kind of exponential because i mean i feel like you know you're right it's probably on purpose where days just eventually just start to blur together because mm-hmm. you know when you're in space there really aren't any days yeah it starts off where it's like one day goes by it's like day two day three yeah. and then it slowly <laughs> like starts to get very exponential yeah like, Holy shit. yeah 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 no it's such a good movie man um, i um I forget. Oh, Morgan, Morgan, uh, my friend Morgan recommended it to me. So shout out to Morgan. Thank you for shout out to Morgan. Yeah. She, um, she, yeah, she hit me up one day. She's like, have you seen this movie? And she sent me like a picture of like the screen for it on Amazon prime. And I was like, how the fuck have I not? This sounds incredible. <laughs> the cover art is amazing. And it's I got know. a great tagline too. Oh, what's the tagline? A simple trip to Mars will become the journey of a lifetime. <laughs> Might as well jump into the description too. A ship carrying settlers to a new home on Mars after Earth is rendered uninhabitable is knocked off course, causing the passengers to consider their pace in the, or their place in the universe. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like it definitely that concept of like what is my place in this endless infinite universe when I'm you know not even an atom on an ant for size. Like yeah, it definitely deals with that a lot more. You know, the more existential, the more philosophical themes of being stuck in space than The Martian does. Yeah, the scene with the uh, the glass and, like, the bubble in the glass was just oh. such a good <laughs> metaphor for, uh, oh. like, what the film is about. Yeah. And, man, dude, that, uh, like, the therapy room, I forget exactly what they called it, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, so they call it the Mima. The Mima, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been... It's been a couple months since I've seen Aniara, so I yeah. forgot the exact name. But yeah, like that's just that's cool, man. Yeah, it's something that is really only in the first act or two of the film. But the Mima is like this room that people can go in and relive. I couldn't tell. I guess it's not really explained if they're reliving their own memories or if they are um, or if they're like just being transported to Earth again. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what I like about it, too, is that it kind of blurs the line, or not even blurs the line, but it's not explicitly explained, like, how does this work? Like, are you reliving the memories? Are you just remembering them clearly? Are you actually there? And, you know, it's, I think that's fitting, because the Mima itself is something that's kind of beyond what we know of as technology. It's like, you know, it's not necessarily like a machine we built, it's almost an entity of its own. Yeah. And, you know, that's definitely, I mean, if you think that's cool, um, you or the viewers listening, definitely check out Solaris if you haven't seen it. 
yeah, that's been on my watch list for so long. I really is it coming in in your big fat Criterion order? No, I I didn't get that, but it's definitely something I want to see eventually. It's just it's really long, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a George Clooney one. I haven't seen the George Clooney one, um, (laughs) but the OG Tarkovsky one based on Stanislav Lem's uh, novel is like, yeah, I think it's like three hours and change. Yeah. And I I mean, I hated it the first time I watched it just because it was so long. And I watched it, I think, in like a classroom, like in college. So like I was in one of those like hard ass chair desk combination things. Oh, and you're like, get me the fuck out of here. Three hours. Yeah. And it was really hot in there. And, you know, I think I I was probably sick at the time because it was winter. So, you know, I had a miserable experience the first time because of how long it was. But Mm -hmm. as soon as I revisited it, I was like, okay, this is some good shit. Yeah, there's definitely something important about comfort in a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, definitely. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, and that's a whole nother fucking can of worms. But <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about like physical comfort, like being in like a comfortable chair and like yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally. Yeah, no, be physically comfortable in person, so the movie can do the shit that makes you uncomfortable, <laughs> as opposed to the other way around. <laughs> the uh, going back to Aniara, there's some very interesting themes that I'd love to dip our toes into. Let's dip them, piggies. So, you know, they're leaving Earth, all right? They're going to Mars. Yep. Um, I guess, I assume that since the ship exists, other people have already gone to Mars, uh, and they're leaving Earth because of, like, the Earth is getting global warming, right? It's, like, getting destroyed. Yeah, climate change, I believe. Yeah, so it's kind of like this theme of escapism, um, but kind of like a fuck you to you guys that they're reliving Earth on this ship in the Mima room, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, exactly. It's it's like yeah, abusive. It, how so? Because they're they start really relying on this room so much, they create a dependency, um, and they're like essentially getting addicted to this feeling. People, I mean, you the cover photo, that photo you sent before, where they're just all laying on the ground. This is mm-hmm. there's lines of people on the ship that are waiting to get into it, um, but yet they're the people that. I guess not necessarily themselves, maybe their past ancestors and stuff like that, but the human race is what destroyed Earth. And yeah. it's like now you guys are just obsessed with coming back to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, now I understand. Yeah, no, they mm-hmm. just <laughs> only now can they appreciate, you know, what it had to offer at one point before they made it uninhabitable. And I think, you know, I think that's really complemented well by the fact that they're not on this like, daring mission to be the first people to come to colonize mars like they're just like they're essentially tourists you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the, the ship they're on it's like it's like being on a cruise it's just, yeah 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 it's like they're headed to vacation it's, it's a not, space cruise ship exactly there's no like nobility there's no like I, i'd really even say dignity in what they're doing it's not like the martian where he's like i'm gonna go be the first person to step foot on this planet and you know create this beacon of hope for humanity it's just like yeah shit's fucked so we gotta go somewhere else now yeah and you know all those people are probably like you know the privileged wealthy few who actually can afford it you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly so to me the the, my big themes are escapism um what's it called like emotion repressing i guess uh Mm. addiction and like reliance and abuse on the resources that the ship has, I guess. And then yeah. also hopelessness. Yeah. I it's mean, 
yeah, hopelessness is definitely, you know, something we'll have to talk about. Addiction, I never really thought too much about, but, you know, it really makes sense. Like, I mean, the movie definitely shines a light on how we are just, you know, monkeys who got a little bit too smart one day. <laughs> and, you know, we like to think of ourselves as so much more, but it's like, you know, in reality, we are creatures of the earth. So, you know, to destroy it and then try and leave is kind of a fickle task. Um, yeah. Which, you know, a little bit of divine intervention by them getting knocked off course, maybe. But, um, yeah, no, hopelessness is a huge part of this movie. And, you know, it's not like, I wouldn't say it's like a super depressing movie. Um in the sense of being like super emo, like the next movie we're going to talk about, (laughs) but like, it's not emo. It's not like overly emotional, but it's just, you know, it's very, it's very bleak. And, but I think that comes from a place of honesty. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. There are multiple times where characters are talking to each other and they're like, you are repressing your emotions. Mm -hmm. Like people are doing that. They're not, they're kind of like a hollow shell, like walking around. They're all so hopeless that they, they aren't showing emotion. Yeah. And I think part of that, you know, comes from this theme of like how reliant we are on the earth. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we're nothing without it. <laughs> As they get farther and farther away from earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things yeah. get worse for them. And, and now it's got I, that opposite no, go effect from the Martian where, um, like he stays happy the entire time. He's still showing his positive emotions and he does like have outbursts, but there's not as much of that in, uh, on Aniara. And then also, I don't know on Aniara, as the time goes by, things on the ship look more and more like destroyed and, uh, like an uninhabitable on the ship itself mm-hmm. versus yeah, they... in the Martian. It's like building up as he lives there longer. He's starting to do things. Yeah. in Aniara, the, in this more, you know, pessimistic place, uh, or in this more pessimistic movie, I should say, like, even when it comes to like this very voluntary, artificial, you know, idealized living habitat, they can't even fucking take care of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, you know, with, with Mars, it's like, he's able to kind of like carve out a piece of earth on it. So it's, you know, two entirely different, uh, ends of the spectrum. They're both very different opposite effects. Yeah, and I mean, I do want to talk about the ending a little bit. Um, so, warning for spoilers, but I do, I do really want to bring this up. Let me set um, a timer. We'll give them a little second where they can skip ahead. Okay, cool. I'll give you two minutes to talk about the ending. All right, cool. It'll be shorter than that. Give me a minute, and then tell me when my timer's up. All right, I'm gonna hit start right now. Okay. And then anyone who wants <laughs> to avoid spoilers, fast forward one minute. Yep. All right, go. Okay, uh, the ending slaps. It slaps so fucking hard. It slaps, it slaps, it slaps, it slaps. Okay, um, so I was a little confused by the ending, and I was going to ask you about it afterwards. Is that Earth? Did they just go around full circle? Um, I think so. Like they're in the glass, <laughs> that metaphor. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. I think that's just kind of like a... Yeah, no, I, I think it definitely is. I think it just kind of shows how, you know, they will get back to Earth. They will get back to quote-unquote safety. But it's on a timeline while reasonable for the universe is not reasonable for humans. <laughs> yeah, not at all. And, yeah, and I think that's just to kind of show like how, you know, at the mercy of the forces of nature we are. But I just, I mean, I, I don't know. How much time do we have left? You got 14 seconds. 14 seconds. The ending slaps so hard. Um, I love how it just kind of fizzles out. Like it goes out with a whimper instead of a bang. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of, 
perspective on okay. everything. Boom. Okay. <laughs> okay, so spoilers are over, but just to finish up that thought without spoilers, I think that perspective that it has, that way of things going the way they did is, you know, really fucking cool. And also mm, Chef's Kiss. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Chef's Kiss. I love me a good fucking ending like that. Great. Compliments ending. to the chef. <laughs> My compliments to uh I don't know the director's name. Yeah, I know we actually so let's Let's actually go through this real quick. Just the directors. There's two people that directed Aniara. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we got? Pella Kajerman and Hugo Lija. Cool. I'm not okay. sure what else they have made. I think I looked the other day, um, but it wasn't anything I'd seen before. Yeah. Well, hey, regardless, great job, guys. This It feels, <laughs> you know, I feel like this is a very sophisticated film. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if all their other films are fantastic as well. Or um, that they're going to do some really cool shit in the future if they're able to pull this off. Yeah, agree. But with that, I would love to spring ahead. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Mitchell, introduce your pick for us. All right, so this is a film that we discussed on a previous episode, just not very long, though. We only discussed it for a minute or two. Oh, wait, really? Uh, Yes, yeah, we've discussed it. It's uh, They determine power based on clapping. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah 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 um so I, I chose the film blue spring i chose it to be the fucked up sibling of uh mean girls <laughs> <laughs> which is such a funny way to look at this movie it is a fucking hilarious lens to view this through <laughs> yeah i mean uh quickly i'll go over the some details here it came out in 2001 yes, so it's not actually a younger sibling to Mean it's Girls. It's technically the older sibling. It's the older sibling, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Regardless. Me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was directed by Toshiaki Toyota. Um, I've looked at some of his other films and added them to my watch list. I'm very excited to check out some of the other ones because they have some pretty high ratings. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I bet like this is – it's certainly a very unique film. It's very unique, and it's got this... This must have been one of his first films he made because it's very low budget, you can tell. Yeah, um, it's de- it definitely... You know, it doesn't have the Martian levels of production no. uh, money behind it. But, I mean, regardless, it was a really fucking good movie. I was very, very surprised. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. The first time I saw it, somebody recommended it to me, and I was like, okay, I'll check this out. I was going to ask about that. Like, how the fuck did you find this? <laughs> Yeah, I have uh, a friend told me that it was a really weird, hard to find movie. And I was like, "Oh, cool!" He's like, yeah. on YouTube. Well, hey, <laughs> so. weird, to, weird, and hard to find movies. Shout out to Cinephile Video. Yeah, they I was surprised it. you got it on DVD. They had, like, they got link. fucking everything, man. Shout out to Cinephile. <laughs> nice. Um, I'll quickly read the description. There's no tagline, sadly. I wish there was. If there, uh, if there had to be a tagline, what would you make it? Ooh, ah, uh, man, probably something about like baseball. So, well, yeah, I, so, got, I got a note written down of like my favorite quote from that film. I actually i uh, i i pulled a U and I wrote down a uh, a couple couple quotes that I liked from the movie that we'll have to get into. Oh, cool! Yeah, I'd say like, dude, if the caption, the tagline should just be like, uh, "My only oh. goal is the Nationals." <laughs> like, that would be a good one. That would yeah. be a really good one. I was thinking just home run oh i like that too (laughs) 
Yeah, and or <laughs> if it was one of those taglines that like was just a quote, I would probably make it uh, a quote from I forget his name in the movie, but uh, people who know what they want scare me. Oh yeah, dude, I wrote that down too. Did you really? Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! No, I I, I heard that. I was like, that's some good shit. <laughs> yeah, it's got great writing. So the description is basically soon after being named the new leader of his high school's gang system. Oh my god, my cat is trying to climb on me. <laughs> Holy shit. He's on my back. What's your cat's name? Wes. Wes. Oh yeah, Wes. After Wes Craven. Oh no way, really? Yeah, it's Katie name. Katie's favorite director. So. Oh hell yeah. Uh, has uh, <laughs> Katie seen Paris Jatem? No, Katie has not. Katie really West... likes a lot of horror films, so that's kind of most oh, of what okay. we watch. I'm very excited to have her on the show eventually. I, I, I'm excited to meet her and hear about her tastes. Oh, she, she might come on. She works very early. She gets up at like 3 a.m. here, so we'd Oof. have to do like a weekend recording, maybe. Oof. Yeah, yeah, I mean, three, yeah. I can, honestly, I can probably just stay up late, <laughs> <laughs> and we can record in her quote-unquote morning. Yeah. Anyways. Let's get this description down. Yeah, Soon this after guy. being named <laughs> the school leader of the high school's gang system, Cujo grows bored with the violence and hatred that surround him. He wants desperately to abandon his post, but his once inevitable position of power has a strange way of making him feel powerless. Mm. Uh, I think I could maybe we could do a little bit of a better description. Basically, yeah, I- they're in this like high school that is very like low budget under city like i don't know what would you call it like yeah but in kind of like you know like a a caricature way Mm -hmm. like not like an actual like underfunded school but just like it's kind of like this exaggerated comical version Mm -hmm. of like a school full of fuck-ups and no budget and graffiti on the walls and you know, all the bullying that takes place between yeah. these uh, two groups is like, you know, outrageously brutal. Like, you know, and, shit yeah, way so beyond violent. shit that school bullies actually do. So, you know, it's got that sense of exaggeration to it. Yeah. And what drew me in right away is just how they determine who has power at the school is just a fucking game they play on the roof <laughs> where they hang themselves off the railing, off the edge of the roof. Mm. And they somebody yells one and they fall back, let go of the railing and they clap and then they grab the railing again Mm -hmm. and And they just yell two and they clap two times. And it's like, okay, how many times can you clap before you're not able to catch yourself on the railing again? And that's kind of like how they decide power. Um, It's really weird, but really interesting at the same time. It's really weird. Is it really all that different from how we decide who's the fucking president in this country? <laughs> Wha-bam! <laughs> well, it reminds me actually of like being the kid, like the fastest kid in school. Yeah, like, no, it's like uh, that, that meant something. Like there's, yeah. like as funny as it is and how, you know, how perfect of a way to relay this film's messages as it is to like have this power be predicated on who can clap the most in this game. It's like, you know, when you are a kid, there's like, you know, it's like, oh, that's Mitchell. He's he can run the fastest on the playground, <laughs> and it fucking means something, man. It does. I think it also it's like who values their life the least because they're <laughs> all there. Like they all hate their life, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, they're like willing to die for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have nothing at stake except for Cujo, who's kind of like done with it, and that's why he kind of gives it up. And yeah. what I really like is on the wall beneath where they do it. 
it says if you're happy and you know it clap your hands in japanese <laughs> like spray painted onto the wall it's mm-hmm. like so sick yeah and like the current like quote-unquote boss like they have like graffiti on the wall like kujo clapped eight times therefore like he's the guy you he's know in charge I mean? yeah 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 and you know i i think you know it's definitely got that early 2000s brand of emo to it you know just like the you know, really dark, everything's black, you know, hyper dramatized, um, almost melodramatic sense to it. But there's still like, you know, a lot of truth to these kids. And I, you know, I empathize with a lot of these characters as outrageous as they are. Yeah. Sorry, my cat is up here again. Let me get him out of here. <laughs> uh, I do empathize with them as well, too. It's their, a lot of what they're going through is like they're... So there's a lot of different characters. There's one guy named Kujo, um, another one named Aoki and Yukio and Kimura. Those are like the main four guys. And they're kind of like the friend group. Get out of your cat. There we go. <laughs> I don't know what noise that was, but it sounded like you said, get out of here, cat. And then she just like walked out and shut the door. <laughs> I was spraying water at him. Oh, he... that's what that fucking noise was. <laughs> Anyways, these four guys that are all kind of like, best friends since they were younger especially Kujo and Aoki um and yeah they grew up together and now they're all in this high school and they all have different dreams like one really wants to just graduate and please his parents and then another Mm -hmm. one really wants to uh like go to nationals for baseball Mm -hmm. um and they kind of just are trapped in this high school where they don't know what they want to do when they're older it comes up a lot like what do you want to be when you grow up type deal yeah, uh, and and he, I I think what he says to that question is like, oh, you know, I've had vague ambitions or vague dreams, and it's like, you know, like I fucking feel that, <laughs> like, yeah. I, like again, like as outrageous as these kids are, and like the ways that they fight and the violence <laughs> that they perpetrate, like, you know, like they're like fully beating the shit out of these other kids with metal bats and. You know, towards the latter end of the film, like they do like some even more vicious shit, but it's it like, gets you know, fucking dark. The place that it comes from, you know, just that kind of aimlessness, that kind of like, just what the fuck do I do in a very existential way? It's like, man, I've been there. Yeah, it's rough. Hmm. So how um, how does this relate to Mean Girls, do you think? You got that struggle. So in Mean Girls, the most popular people are the plastics, you know, so they got the... Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like the prettiest ones um yeah and like this is all about power in mean girls i guess mean girls is more about finding yourself there is a little element to that eh, there probably is a bit of that with cujo in a uh, in blue spring yeah well they i use think, that like flower metaphor a lot yeah with the i mean i think that's kind of like all the characters in this movie is like you know they're definitely a lot of them are in like follower type situations but you know i think you know not having this aimless sense of life is kind of comes down to like finding yourself in a way yeah yeah and mean girls is like that lighter tone just like the martian so we both pick something Mm -hmm. that's got that comedy level to it oh yeah Um, yeah yeah because mean i mean blue spring is really fucking funny like (laughs) like that one scene where like a singular woman walks by the school and like every single boy in the school (laughs) like every boy in the school is like waving out of the windows it's like uh it's like those old timey videos you see of like people waving goodbye to like boats the boats and shit, <laughs> where it's like the craziest moment of their lives and they're waving. We'll never their hats see them like again. Crazy. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, right. It's like it's this big crazy moment, and it's just like a boat leaving. But <laughs> yeah, what comedian is that? Somebody's like, oh, there's a comedian who has a joke like that, and it's like, what do you want to do today? He's like, I think we could go down to the harbor and just wave at some boats. <laughs> <that are coming laughs> <by."> <laughs> Like they did in like the twenties. <laughs> yeah, like even if I think people did it, even if they didn't know anyone on the boat, because <laughs> <laughs> it was just this fucking event for them. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah. So I mean, even though both of them have a very comedic, both of although both of them are really funny, like Mean Girls is kind of meant to be a comedy. Yeah. Whereas I think Blue Spring takes the same ideas for Mean Girls and takes it a step further, a little deeper. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is not the same genre at all. Oh, yeah. This is not for anyone who gets queasy with like violence or gore, even though you're not, they don't show a lot of it because they can't afford to like have very good effects. In that yeah. Way. Yeah. Or, uh, or poop. A lot or of, dude, lot that poop scene is so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Because <laughs> there's, because there's many. And yeah. I mean, I've been saying this, man. I've been saying it. Um, we need more fart jokes in movies. And I'm oh, not yeah. kidding. I think I've even said that on this po- podcast before. Like, we need more poop jokes in movies. I, think I got it's in, in that hall. I got Good Morning coming, and I heard there's a lot of fart jokes in there. I'm excited for that. Ooh, hell yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, I'm excited for you to dive into that Bergman box you got because Bergman, you know, even he's got some fucking fart jokes, and they're yeah. good. They're good ones. <laughs> even when movies are about just like, oh, God has abandoned me. He still finds, you know, little ways to slip them in, man. Yeah. No, yeah, so, I feel that. Yeah, so, I, I mean, uh, high school, Mean Girls. Uh, uh, Wednesdays, we wear pink. Wednesdays, that mean we girls? wear pink. That must Is be that? a quote from there. Yeah, I think that's a quote from me. It's been, honestly, it's been a while since I've seen mean I just girls. know, like, she doesn't even go here. <laughs> just like. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, when they pull up in the car and they say, like, get in, bitch, or get in, loser, we're going shopping or something like that. Oh, that's yeah. Mean Girls, too, right? Uh, I don't know if that's mean girls or white girls or white chicks. Like, Oh, you know what? Maybe. God, I, see, I haven't even, I haven't seen white chicks in forever. White either. chicks reminds me of like, they pull up in the car and there's like a whole car scene where they're getting like chased or something. Yeah. They, uh, they dropped a white chicks joke at the Oscars. Oh really? I did not catch there's, that. There's like the bit where Wanda Sykes was going through the Academy Museum and <laughs> oh, yeah. she saw the mask for something and she said it just looked like marlon waynes and white chicks which is pretty funny (laughs) (laughs) they were uh i mean to sidetrack a little bit i can't believe like it's just kind of fucked up for the oscars to just make the jokes about how fucked up they have been you know what i mean yeah yeah like yeah like when she walked past the orc and she was like oh hey it's harvey weinstein it's like motherfucker this is the academy (laughs) (laughs) like that motherfucker's work. I think he's worked on like eighty-one Oscar-nominated movies. Oh, or, nominated, yeah. I, I, or yeah, or yeah, maybe even more than that if if that was wins. But yeah, it's like motherfucker, like shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I mean that's 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 kind of the awards in a nutshell. It just feels like it just feels distasteful. It's like this is supposed to be you know a celebration of movies and recognition for all the hard work that people have put into them and then it's just like uh funny spider-man <laughs> spider-man funny it's like oh, yeah God. they just need to like cut the jokes cut the skits keep the musical yeah. performance they can still do jokes when they're announcing 
But like oh, that will oh, make yeah, it funnier no. if there's less jokes. Oh yeah, no, it's great. Like it's great if like you know Al Pacino comes out to like introduce something, he cracks like a little wise remark. Everybody's like, "Hey, Al Pacino!" Yeah. Like you know, like shit, like that's great. But it's like you know, we don't need like actual like you know monologues. I mean, look what happened to Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Cool, uh, man. I don't know yeah. if there's more we want to talk about with Blue Spring. I think, well, one, I got a quote I want to read. And then also, um, I want to say that has the best time lapse I've seen in any film, at least okay. so far. How did they film that? Do you think they actually had him just stand there? Or do you think they filmed halfway and then played it in reverse to morning? You know what I mean? That's kind of fucking genius. I didn't think about that at all go halfway and then take the same footage and do it backwards. Yeah. That's what and, I thought. And you would never really notice because it's like a time lapse and it's yeah. so jumpy. Huh? What That's do you think? Really... Do you think he actually stood there the whole time or do you think they like, I mean, I was, like, oh. I was, I was watching him very, very closely. Okay. So for context, there's a scene where one of the characters like is on this balcony and he's like, watch, it's a time lapse of him watching the sunrise. And then it goes all the way through night up until morning. And I don't know how they filmed it. I mean, I was looking at him so closely and I was trying to figure out like, oh, did they use a body double? But like, I don't know the way it moves and the amount it moves. It's like, I it's mostly think. his head. So I figured he was just talking. Like I could see like all the crew just sitting up there and just like, <laughs> we'll talk with you all night. And like, you just keep your arms there and you don't move. Yeah, we'll pay you triple time to just <laughs> stand there for eight hours. And then, Holy yeah, shit. no, I, I would love to know how they filmed that, but. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's one of the most incredible things I've seen. It was cool seeing it a second time. And then I got a long-ass quote I want to read, but it's so fucking good. Hit me with it. All right, ready? Staked my whole youth on baseball. My only goal, the Nationals. In this shithole of a school, baseball was my only flower. There's a lot of, like, flower references in this movie. Yeah, very, very floral. I mean, it's named Spring, after all. Yeah. I staked my life on a bat. My dreams on pitches. Like, that is just such a good line. <laughs> watch me wake, er, watch me make the spirit of baseball bloom in the midst of a roaring crowd. A glimpse of my mother's face, even a fool like me. She's already there to love me, always ready to smile. I love you so much for that. Even if my body is broken and all my tears and sweat dry up, my dreams remain. The Nationals, no regrets from my youth. Loser. That's like. <laughs> I don't know why he says loser at the end. Well, the yeah. loser at the very end. That's the uh, that's the popsicle stick that they cut to on the ground. Oh shit! I, I don't I don't think he says loser. Oh okay okay. Yeah, but God, yeah, no, that's a fucking that's just crazy because it you hear that quote like he narrates it to the audience as he kind of like physically walks away from school and yeah, gets he drops into, out. Yeah, he drops out and gets into a limo with this guy who's in the yakuza and like you know, inferably joins the Yakuza. So it's like, you know, we kind of get this, even though it feels, even though, you know, it, it probably is like a flashback, not a flashback, Um, like the voiceover we're hearing, even though it probably is from the future, it almost feels like this moment of lucidity that the character's having. Yeah. Like suddenly in this pivotal moment, like he realizes like what he's walking away from and that this probably isn't the road he should go down, but he just really you know, doesn't see any other option. Yeah, there's nothing else. Yeah, and then, um, so there's one quote I wrote down, <laughs> and it's nowhere near as introspective as that one. It's just uh, two of the characters, there's like, they're on the roof of the school, 
and uh, one of them's cutting the other one's hair. <laughs> and one of them's like, ah, like, you know, like, what do we do? Like, do we get a job? Do we go to college? And the other one's like, dude, like, we're skipping class as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, we and are he's cutting his hair and he keeps cutting off way too much. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I'm currently cutting your hair on the roof of school from which we are <laughs> truant. <laughs> Dude, oh, I love this movie, man. Yeah, I no, should try to get it on DVD. Yeah, no, honestly, the more I think about it, the greater it is. And oh man, you should get it on DVD because yeah. the company that released it on DVD, they have like the most shitty 2001 like graphic to like introduce their company at the beginning. <laughs> like it's like the shit that looks like unintentionally vaporwave because it's just so low res. And you were like, oh shit, what has Mitch got me watching? <laughs> No, for real. I mean, I saw that and I was like, what the f- what in the goddamn Macintosh 420 is this? <laughs> you know, oh, we'll definitely man. we'll have to post that on our Insta story or something because it looks so cool. But Oh, cool. That'd be funny. Yeah, we should. Yeah, no, this is this was a very great find. I'm very glad you recommended it to me. Cool. Yeah, so, I mean, I that kind of begs the question. I mean, obviously, the prompt of this episode is like, you know, Blue Spring and Mean Girls has a double feature. Aniara and The Martian has a double feature. Do they both work An- to me. Yeah. Do Aniara and Blue Spring work as a double feature? Um, hmm. I, I thought about it for a second. I was like, hmm. And then I was like, nope, not at all. Yeah, I don't think they would work. <laughs> nope, not at all. But I mean, hey, I think, you know, watching this after watching Mean Girls would be crazy because it's. It, they're so different, but still so fucking similar. Yeah, I got the high school setting. Yeah, the they're high young. school setting and just, you know, those feelings of like, you know, the power that the powerlessness that you have. And so this these like fake systems of power that you create just being predicated on, you know, whether it be the clapping game or just whatever the plastics say is cool. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's such a fucking fascinating thing to see side by side. And it's amazing that that just happens in schools naturally. It's just because people are fucking bored. They don't, like teachers turn a blind eye. No one gives a fuck. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I would love to have this old man wise answer as to why that happens, but I don't know. It just kind of fucking does. I am surprised I you didn't bring up the gardener once because he's so fucking funny. Oh, I love the gardener. Oh, <laughs> I wish I brought him up more. Yeah, no, he's great. He's like. It reminds me a lot of teachers I knew in high school and middle school, you know, just kind of being like that one guy who gets it. You know what I mean? And he's like, yeah, no, maybe I can't save the world, but like maybe I can get through to this one kid in particular. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the ending when like they all show up. Holy shit. Oh, God. Yeah. No, (laughs) Blue Spring. Great movie. Solid recommendation from me if you're able to get your hands on it. Um if you're in the LA area, Cinephile does have a copy. Sweet. Yeah, I, I might pick one up. Yeah, do it, man. Yeah, no, you definitely definitely take a look um, online. I, I see, see a Blu-ray here. I got to check what region it is, but I might get it. A Blu-ray of yeah. uh, Blue Spring? Damn. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, is it our region? Uh, let's see here. May have to command F here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... Very solid recommendation. Doesn't say what you. region it is. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, Aniara, 
that one on is a little bit more uh, accessible. I believe it's streaming for free on Amazon Prime. Um, so if you have Amazon, which you probably do, unfortunately, um, definitely check that one out. <laughs> it does have a cheap Blu-ray. I think the Blu-ray I got of it was like 15 bucks. Um, yeah, I really enjoy that film. Both of these, I think, standalone, awesome movies. Oh, yeah. No, they're also, both yeah, Blue Springs on YouTube, like I said earlier. So you also don't have to pick it up or anything. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, I remember you sent me the YouTube link. It just, yeah. it, I don't know, it feels good to watch a film on a disc. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be doing a fucking lot of that soon. <laughs> I am excited to dig into it. I'm not going to have to do anything. I bought, like, two or three weeks ago, I bought a new Blu-ray player. So I got... Hell yeah. I got my PS4 in the living room, and then I have a projector. So I used my. I wanted to get a Blu-ray player for the projector. Hell yeah! And what uh, what brand of Blu-ray player is it? Uh, just a Sony, I think. Sweet. Hell, it doesn't yeah, do man. 4K, unfortunately. Yeah, that's fine. You know, I uh, I should get like a standalone Blu-ray player because I do have um, I do have my PlayStation that I use to watch everything on, but some discs in particular. Um, don't jive well. <laughs> I like this. It. The one I have is really small, so I like. I'm thinking I could bring oh, it places with me too, like to yep, friends' I, houses. Yep, trips. I know exactly the one you're talking about. Yeah, because nobody has a fucking Blu-ray player if they don't have like an Xbox or a PlayStation. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah do, do you have anything else you want to add before we reveal next ooh, week's topic? Yes, I'm excited to reveal the next topic. All right, hit them with it, man. All right, we haven't really gotten the wording down yet yeah we still got to figure out how exactly we're gonna word it essentially but. a film that deserves a lego game <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know like lego star wars there's lego harry potter lego batman usually lego these triple a titles is that what they say right double a what the fuck is it yeah triple a these triple a franchises uh man i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, it probably doesn't fucking mean anything, but yeah. So if you could, if any movie, regardless of budget, regardless of the amount of A's that it has, could have a Lego game, which would you choose? And I don't know about you, but I think I have a really good answer for this. Do you have yours picked yet? I haven't. I don't have mine picked, but I definitely want to go for something that's got like a big universe to it. I'm thinking like open world, maybe. Oh, interesting. So your Lego game would be an open world Lego game. Possibly. Or I could do something that's a little, little chronological, too. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, the Lego Star Wars games, those had like a hub world, right? It's been so long since I played Lego Star I've Wars. I've only played Lego Star Wars and we're doing this prompt. And I'm the one who suggested <laughs> this prompt. So I know, no. actually, I've played Lego City Underground or whatever. And it's actually fun as fuck. A man it's- has fallen into the river in Lego City. <laughs> It's like, uh, have you played that one? It's literally GTA, but with Legos. Are you, wait, are you fucking serious? You rob, like, you can just take cars, you can't kill anybody, but you can, but, like... Like, it's open world and shit, It's too? open world in a big-ass city, and you can, like, fly helicopters and shit, and, like, I don't know. That's You so do, fucking, like, whatever you want. That's so fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, like, E-rated uh, GTA. Like, if we oh. were younger... We would be playing that shit. I know we would. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, I might have to go investigate this afterwards. But regardless, this is going to make for a very fun prompt because a lot of games or a lot of movies would make for really funny Lego games. <laughs> I think Showa. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. 
I yeah, I uh, I'm not gonna lie. I did think of that very briefly, but I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, I just um, watched uh, Paths of Glory. Last oh night. shit! That'd be a cool one for a Lego game. Just like <laughs> you have to like go to court. <laughs> Press A to deny. <laughs> to deny. Press Circle to confess. To defend. <laughs> hold R two to start a tracking shot, and then you're just holding R two for the entire fucking game. <laughs> Dude, that movie was fucking crazy. I can't believe he was 28. Talking about like being oh, younger and wanting tell to do me that. Don't yeah. tell me that Kubrick was 28 when he made Pass the Glory. Yeah, he's 28. Oh, uh, you you just like no joke. You just ruined my fucking night. <laughs> well, that, I was thinking about it when we were talking about Blue Spring with like kids wanting to like not knowing what they want to do when they're older. You know, it's <laughs> I don't understand people who or what is it? People who know what they want to do. Hold on, yeah. let me let me look up people the exact that do what they want. I have it written down. People that know what they want to do scare me. I think that's what it was. <laughs> God damn it, Kubrick. That, God, that, that sucks. <laughs> I just turned 25 like two weeks ago. Dude, you got this. Three years. Three, yeah, three years till I make my fucking paths of glory. <laughs> Dude, I, hey, fucking here's to it, man. Hopefully. I watched it and I looked at the reviews afterwards and I was, it was like nine of them on the front page of reviews was like all in caps. Kubrick was 28 when he made this. I was like, oh. holy shit. God, because it feels like it feels like it would fall like if you had to like if you didn't know when his movies were made mm-hmm. and you had to like order all of Kubrick's movies into like when he made them. Like I feel like you would put Passive Glory towards the latter end because it just I don't know. It has like that like it has like restraint and like the sophistication and just the way it just kind of discusses morality. I mean, that's kind of every fucking Kubrick movie, but. <laughs> He's dealing oh. with very high level like ideas, which is like war <laughs> to be is bad. fair. Yeah. To be fair, you have a you have to have a nine hundred IQ to understand passive glory. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real though. I mean it's something that when you're younger is like harder to grasp the idea that like especially back then, war is a no no. Like that's kinda and also like uh like war, fuck war, and also like sometimes people gotta get like fall for others you know like sometimes bad shit happens Mm -hmm. can't always be happy exactly and yeah no again this was 1959 so it's like there was no you know saving private ryan there was no schindler's list there were no like this it it just it feels like so contradictory to just the narrative of war because this was this was before vietnam so it's like you know the make love not war shit hadn't even happened yet and still it kind of it combats so early this idea of like, um, you know, war maybe not being this great noble thing that it used to be. Yeah. God damn. I can't believe he was 28. Fuck you for telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to light a fire. When's yeah. your short film coming, man? I'll donate again. Oh, I love you. Thank you for saying that. That's very kind. Um, we don't know yet. Um, I mean, to explain to the audience, I'm currently in, pre-production on my next short it's called that i am and i think we're gonna try and shoot sometime this summer sick Um, i'd love to have it (sighs) yeah i don't know because i just i need to find like i need to get funding of course but um i also i need to find a dp and 
you know, maybe maybe we could do it soon. Because yeah, that's just the thing is I, I need a new DP for this. So yeah, okay. We'll but you know, hey, hopefully soon. Sweet. All right, Dude, well, this was hey, a fun on, one to record, man. Yeah, man. On that note, I'm gonna go cry myself to sleep about the Kubrick thing, but then go, then go watch some fucking movies, man. I'm very excited to hear what you think would make for a good Lego game. Oh yeah, dude, this is a Kubrick level podcast episode. A Q- holy shit! <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> That's high praise, man. <laughs> Have you seen any of Kubrick's other movies? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, we'll have to. This was ne- my first. If we ever recommend a Kubrick movie for the show again, I'll have to go into my story with Kubrick. And, oh, I've seen you know, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, oh, and Doctor Strange Love and Eyes Wide Shut. I've seen okay. a few of them. Those are interesting ones to have seen, having not seen like all the others of his. Have you seen The Shining? I still haven't seen The Shining. I just picked up Barry Lyndon, so like that should be here in that hall. Oh, so Barry Lyndon's that. so good, man. Have you seen? Uh, so you haven't seen The Shining. Have you seen Clockwork Orange? No, I still haven't seen that. Heard it's confusing. Confuse um, it, man. That that movie. The, uh, okay, we'll have to talk about this another time. So before <laughs> I get too deep into it, Clockwork Orange was like probably the most important movie I saw when I was a teenager. Yeah, you've talked about it. It was the yeah. one that you, uh, your dad. Yeah, my dad told me not to watch it. So like that night, I went and watched it and. Like, fuck I you, wouldn't I wouldn't be here <laughs> not even fuck you dad but just like ooh, like what's so bad about it yeah um and you know that movie is like you know one of the sole reasons I am where I am today but we'll get into that another day Thank maybe that's for- our ninth prompt uh a movie well, I guess we kind of talked about that too but but it could be a movie that where I am today for you I don't yeah, know I don't that- really have one but I feel like you would have one though I could try to think. think yeah, I, I see. I feel like I could like. Maybe that's an idea we do is like pick a film that like embodies the other person. Like I, I try and pick like the oh most Mitchell film I can pick. Uh, yeah, like your spirit animal film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think right, that'd well, be funny if we word it like that. Hell yeah! Well, cool. Do you hear that? Hear that marching down the hall in your eardrums, Mitchell? Oh, Cam coming in hot. Cam, on Cam the coming keys. in hot once it, again. It's the piano, on, right? Uh, 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 I don't know. Thanks for watching, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we love you and good night. Good night, my little foxies. <laughs> night, foxy little friends. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.